Pat Adams, your guest host here. Pete will return. If you're used to hearing Pete, you're going to hear his wonderfully svelte voice on Monday. But uh, with me now is Charlotte. Our Charlotteans kind of get through the the. I guess the the radar. I mean the, the the rain of the day. It was a kind of a washout for quite a while, and as that moves on east, and people are uh, going to get east of you, kind of get pounded by some rain. But uh, hopefully, Charlotteans will dry out, get a little cooler on the backside of this thing. Now we were talking about Fetterman, Lisa. If you happen to be listening, you know we'd love to have you call back in. I know you called in toward the top of the break, and w- we were going to hold you through. So if you do call back, you move to the front of the line seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Uh, she wanted to talk about the Fetterman situation, which we were topping the hour out with. And it, it's not necessarily Fetterman. It's it's the notion of lust for power and, and the kind of way in which it doesn't matter the health condition or the cadaver-like state of someone, how we just keep them in power forever. You almost think, hey, why not go with the longevity of you know Pelosi and, and these other people? When you you know you see Dick Durbin and these other guys that are like a 1,000 years old up there, you're like, wow, is being in, in, in office just going to keep you alive forever? <laughs> it's the most bizarre healthcare program around. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is, you know, more preserved than some of the stuff they pull out of Egypt. That's not a personal thing. Anyone that stays up there too long has that look. And it's almost like they just, you know, you can almost have a form. And I'm not saying Pelosi does. Don't get me wrong. You can have a form of dimension. Just come up to the microphone and say the same stuff you said for 40 years and be like, oh, yeah, I'll well, write that down. They just acknowledge that, oh, yeah, well, there's there's that. So to take it in another direction a little bit. So again, any phone calls that come in, because this next uh, you know series of things, I just want to kind of get through, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, because it dovetails with the situation that we see with Fetterman. And you know, I, I, I'm just worried. Well, I'm worried. Through, I don't worry about it. I'm, I'm too old to worry about politicians anymore. It's kind of is what it is from, from the time of Socrates through now. They haven't really changed, you know. Except the difference is the senators don't necessarily, you know, kill somebody on the steps of the Senate. Although I wouldn't put it past them, they politically assassinate folks all the time. So, you know, you you see these officials, you know, whether it's Rachel Levin. I'm going to get there's three I want to get to. There's a Pete Buttigieg comment, there's a Rachel Levin comment, and there's a Kamala Harris comment. And as I'm as I'm looking through this stuff, and I'm and I'm wondering, you know, again, how the media allows people to say. The things they say, the Buttigieg, you know, we're going to start out with the Buttigieg one. And I want to play this. And, and, and then it's, it's only, I guess, I don't know, 17 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever they isolated. I hope because Chris and Bernie are amazing. And I appreciate them. So we're going to play this clip. And when we do, I, I just want you to pay attention. So we've had one of the largest chemical disasters in the in, in a decade that's taking place. If it was oh, if it was an oil spill, everybody would, would be rushing to the scene, everything. They wouldn't be. But listen to what Mayor Pete has to say, go ahead and roll that, that first clip. Uh, look, rail safety is something that, uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. Did you hear that? So while this one's important, there's 1,000 a year? There's 1,000. So this isn't that big a deal. One in 1,000. And, and they try to blame it on the Trump administration, but the, 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 this through the looking, there was nothing, by the way, I mean no disrespect here, Pete Buttigieg wasn't qualified to be the transportation secretary. He was the mayor of a town. And you've heard other people say, I don't mean to belabor the pothole analogy, but but that that's not even really the mayor's job to fix potholes. The mayor of a town was put in charge of the entire nation's transportation grid. 
from Amtrak to, to air travel to train derailment. All of this under a guy who doesn't know anything about... He said, and I love this one, I was fascinated with trains since I was a kid. Nothing wrong with being fascinated by trains. Doesn't mean you should run the railway system. You know? I mean, just think about that. Imagine any fascination you have. You know what? I'm absolutely I l- fascinated with, I don't know, cell, uh, star events in the middle of the night. I love to watch meteor showers. Put me in charge of the Naval Observatory. Put me in charge. You know, whatever it is you like, put you in charge of it. You know what? I grew a tomato one time. Put me in charge of the Department of Agriculture. Yes, that's what I, yeah, that's the ticket. I should be in charge of that. Whatever you have a, face, a fascination with. So that's the kind of through the looking glass. He's not qual- This is one of the least qualified cabinets. It's a testament. It's a it's a complete and utter testament to to uh, the differences we have. If you check a box, I don't know. You could be whatever the color of your skin is, whatever your sexual predilection is, whatever you know, whatever makes you unique in that way. Because it's going to sound like I'm picking on that. But what I'm concerned about, and what you, what we all should be concerned about, is you want the most qualified people for the job in there. You want someone who understands the intricacies of transportation across multiple metrics in multiple ways. You want someone who's really, really experienced at that. Jennifer Granholm in charge of energy. You want someone who's really experienced, not someone who laughs about the price of gas, who doesn't understand even how the strategic petroleum reserves work. You, you don't. That's not what you want. You look at Karine Jean-Pierre. She checks a lot of boxes, but she doesn't check the box of being qualified to be a good press secretary. She's horrible at the job. But having a little bit of fun here, taking it a little step further, I want to get to Rachel Levine. So she's the uh, Assistant Secretary of Health and U- Health. Okay, where's the uniform? She, he. And and this clip is very short. I don't think it's very long. Isolated again. This is Rachel Levine. And what, what she had to say recently, actually it was just a few days ago, and it's about, she's the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health, Rachel Levine. I want you to listen to this clip. So go ahead and play clip number two. For almost 40 years now, I have considered an honor to be a doctor. I believe in our role as healers. I believe in our role as truth tellers. And the truth that we need to confront now is that medicine and science are being politically perverted around this country that destroys human lives. And we have reached a tipping point. Okay. For the there role in the you, can, you can cut that clip there. You can stop. She says, she, he. Now remember, medically, still a guy. Medicine and science are being politically perverted, and that destroys human lives. That's that that's kind of almost too bizarre to believe she he said that. It's it's too bizarre to believe when she talks about medicine and science are being politically perverted. Kind of take a look at things. You know what? If you did a DNA sample on her, it's gonna come up guy, XY chromosome. It's gonna come up that way. Not gonna come up with a double X. Not gonna happen. Thousand years from now, if they are able to pull some kind of DNA sample, it's gonna come up, it's a guy. No matter what she he says, but to be perverted for political purposes, literally the embodiment of medicine and science being politically perverted for political purposes. And, and, and the, the more we push this into the younger generations, the more we are destroying human lives. If you are surgically altering prepubescent girls and boys, you are destroying human lives. If you are pushing policies that promote that, you are destroying human lives. You are ripping families asunder. You are ripping those people to pieces. Literally. It's not a choice. 
And, and we, we we need to actually be grown-ups in the room and discuss that. We need to be okay with discussing that. We need to quit being afraid to discuss actual science. This is kind of the shaming of climate change. One of the greatest things about climate change should be the discussion about it. But it's not. If you, if you disagree with the dogma that it's all over, we're all going to be dead no matter what, we're just going to stand here and die, and all animals are going to die, and the planet's going to be ex- you know, ex- full of extinct species, then, then you're, not part of, you're not part of the solution at all. You're part of the problem. You need to stand up and talk about it. But you can't. So we're not. So you should be pushing back against the dogma because a true debate, true science, welcomes debate. And and I would agree with Rachel Levin. Yes, medicine and science are being politically perverted. They were during COVID. They are in this whole uh, debate about disfiguring kids. They're politically. That's a political motivation. The issue about abortion, politically perverted. It's perverse. Late term pregnancy and end of term pregnancies that are being aborted. That that that's a perversion of science for the sake of political solution. So I agree with what he, she says. It's hard for the, for her to look in the mirror, I guess, and, and understand that it's got to be frustrating. I can't imagine. I can't even, I, I, I can't even imagine being in those shoes and, and, and having to deal with those issues and being, it's got, there's no way to, to unscramble that egg. There just isn't. Medicine and science are being politically perverted and that destroys human lives. Absolutely true statement. But it's kind of that projection, isn't it, that we see? It's a projection. Uh, Rich, welcome to the show. How the heck are you? Hi, good. Thanks for taking a call. Just a couple quick comments. Um, the, the train brake thing, I, I thought they said on um, Tucker Carlson last night that that was done during Obama and Biden administration, not Trump. Can then, you remind the listeners, you mentioned the tree rake. Can you tell folks no, more about train, that? the train break. Train wreck. Okay, I saw tree rake. I was like, train rake, train wreck. Yeah, they tried to blame the Trump administration. It had to do with the brakes, you know, and the, 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 something during the Trump administration about brakes. I saw the allusion to it. I kind of looked it up. But the irony is, even, even if it were true, the minute the Biden administration took control, they could have executed that order. It wasn't. They could have undone anything. So to sit here retrospectively and go, well, you know, we just missed it. We blame Trump. But some of it, a lot of it was done under Obama. But again, it's that media bias. It's not like the media tracked it and said, hey, let's go back to all of it. They kind of, if the Biden administration says it, very few people will do the homework, as you did, and found out what the truth was. Yeah. And then the Fetterman, Dr. Oz race. I think the Democrats are really, really good at rigging elections now why do you say that now i, I mean that's a that's a big thing oh, it's it's I, I in popular that, culture that it's election ex- was rigged all the way okay can you define that a little more by when you say rigged what what do you mean well they forced uh, the democrats had a fix in so that Fetterman would win no matter what i don't so think in, he would have won on a fair race now do you think that was something to do with the way ballots were Handled, or do you think that's the way the media handled the race, or do you think it? I mean, do you, it, when you say there's a nefarious force at work, I'm just trying to understand what what you're asserting that took I'm, place. There. I'm thinking it's something with ballots. Yeah, it was that that rig, the mail-in ballot thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, many. I don't I know. The, I think the Trump thing was, you know, against um, Biden was rigged with ballots and stuff. That's why they completely shut down. Um, the pillow guy. Um, oh, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Yeah, because he had proof. He had some kind of proof. And they they, they almost ruined that guy. They tried to ruin that guy's life. 
you know, they took all his stuff out of the, they made the stores take all his products out. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the reaction to those that called into question things was a little bizarre. I mean, it was not a little bizarre. It was very bizarre. I mean, there were a lot of people, it, it, which made, which fed. So let's just say, for instance, there was nothing to it. Let's just pretend for a minute there was nothing to any of the allegations in any state at any time by any group. And we, we do know that there are instances that have been proven of voter fraud. We even had it in North Carolina. We've had it in other places. We know that exists. But let's just pretend nothing took place. Anybody that questioned it was routinely attacked. And to your point, Mike Lindell was one of them. All of them. They ruined people's lives over the mm-hmm. assertion. They called it the big lie. And that's to this day. You can look it up and it, you look up the big lie and they will go with that. It's a, And the Carrie Lake yeah. situation, by the way, there was some uh, development in that today about she lost, at, I think, the appeals court level. But they didn't throw everything out. So I, I think the Carrie Lake thing is going to continue to have a few legs. I don't know. I don't know. what the, I wasn't yeah. there. I wasn't on the ground in Arizona, so I can't tell you. I know they called the race early during Trump, which was odd. But uh, anyway, there's, there's, we, we do yeah. need. There's a good number of people in America that do not trust the integrity of our elections, and that's a yeah, problem. I'm, a, I'm afraid for to us. post anything on Facebook or Truth Show, anything online that's negative about Biden because I don't want the FBI crashing my door down at four in the morning. You know what? You're you're not alone in that belief. There's there, and that is the, the one of the most serious problems confronting us right now. And it, it dovetailed with what I talked about earlier with with the curious media and the power of government is that the the people's trust in the institutions, whether it's the CDC, the World Health Organization, the FBI, all of the Justice Department, they there's a degree of distrust that is the highest it's ever been. Weaponization of these places is does not serve the interest of the american public those institutions should instead of just denying that it exists they should be doing everything they can to reassure the public in some way the cdc should be coming out saying you know what we were wrong about masks we were wrong about the vaccines of efficacy we were wrong we should have been finding where the origin of the disease was you know the fbi should be saying you know what there has been some weaponization problems the way in which we handled the trump collusion narrative it was wrong it was political it needs to be undone that's the way you restore trust but you don't restore trust by hiding and saying oh there's nothing to see here as the house is burning down yeah i know Hillary Clinton and um, I wonder that forty million dollars they spent on that. She should be she should be made to pay that back if they're not going to charge her. Well, I think she should open a multi million dollar company about how to get rid of data. I mean, that's just, I mean the bleaching yeah. of hard drives, the smashing of phones. You know yeah. what? You could see that. That'd be a great company for her to open, and she she'd make millions doing that <laughs> instead of being right. in India with the a last Uber thing I'm going to say is I think you I think you're really do a good job okay i wish um that you were on full time i wish they could make room for another uh, you know i'm not saying get rid of anybody but yeah i wish you were there full time because you're one of the well, better that ones is that is kind and i think that uh the, look i the wp staff wbt staff has been amazing i love this station i love the, the host uh winterbull coakley uh you know pete all good pete's been a friend for many years even knew him from his uh wwnc days up in the mountains but uh you know what it's a great team. You couldn't ask to be a part of a better team. And I appreciate the compliment, and the staff mm-hmm. does a great job of making me sound good, too. So I appreciate that. Thank you for the call. Okay. okay? Take care. Uh, as always, uh, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm honored. It, like I said, it's a great team. It, it is wonderful. It, it, that's very humbling to hear that kind of stuff. I've, I've, I've had a love of this format for decades, and, and I appreciate that. Now, um, 
a, a lot more to discuss. I do. I, I mentioned the, the Covidian stuff that's out there. And, and by the way, as much as I like to think that the climate change people are in a cult and it's very much kind of set up like a, a cult, it, it very much is. If you leave the cult, they really come after you. It's just like you know a bad version of Scientology, which is kind of it's really problematic to start with. But having said that, the the, the Covidians are also a cult. You remember, you were not allowed to oppose the Covidian narratives. It, it was just frowned upon. You could be hunted down for it. There were people thrown off Twitter for and thrown off social media for for suggesting that there were problems with the narratives on COVID. And, and, and then we were thrown these vaccines. And what's really strange is vaccines have been around for Hundreds of years, hard to believe. But, you know, when John Adams' wife is inoculating her kids against smallpox by getting some of the cells from recently deceased bodies and putting them a weakened version of the virus into her kids, hopefully that, that's an early form of vaccine, a weakened form of the virus that your body can attack and develop an immunity to. But And a lot of vaccines like polio and smallpox, these are great measles, even chickenpox. These are really good things. But there was a, there's a, a huge pushback, a bunch of people that want to be against uh, vaccines and that anti-vax movement picked up a lot of steam because we were thrown into a situation with a lot of untested technology and vaccines put into millions of people without a lot of testing and then told that they worked but they didn't stop the disease and there's a lot of information that's coming out about that what i'm going to get into is what was released by the lancet a medical journal accepted and about what it had to say about this situation on the other side of the break here, WBT, one of the most, if not the, I think it's the most powerful, most relevant talk station in the entire state. And there are folks that listen at the coast and the mountains and even in other places, because I appreciate the comments. Uh, I get folks from Twitter that are reaching out to me, you know, that, uh, all the time. And, and the Facebook comments, always appreciated. And and you guys make a huge difference. You, you really do. It, and, you know, it, as Charlotte ends, you, you, you're, you're going downtown sometimes and you wonder, why are we wasting money on light rail? You know, why do we waste all this money when one lane of traffic moves five times as many people, but shiny trains look pretty and they, they build up a resume so that the planning guys can go get jobs in other cities. You know, it's kind of that Atlanta envy, but it doesn't really solve the problem of homelessness downtown. It doesn't solve the, the drug infestation. It doesn't solve the crime. It doesn't do any of that. It, it, it those are the kind of things. And Charlotte has these challenges and Charlotte, you know, you, you wish Charlotte could make that kind of conservative turn like the counties around it. You know, the Gaston County and Union County, these other counties that are, have a more conservative feel. And the county of Mecklenburg, a little more of a conservative feel. But uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's the people that get involved that make a difference. If you don't get involved, you'll never make that difference. So I absolutely encourage folks to get involved. Appreciate your calling. And being a part of what we do here. Again, the phone number, 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. Now, before we went to the break, I was talking about this the, the, the Church of the Branch Covidians, because the Covidian cult is one that whenever dogma comes forth from any pristine organization that is that is the global church of Covidians, like the World Health Organization or the Archdiocese of the CDC and its acolytes in government, you know, the bishop of Governor North Carolina or the, the, the bishops in D.C. that say, you must wear a mask, we're going to shut down. Ha, ha, ha. And you can hear the kind of, you know, this, the, the flowing robes talking to you as if you don't have the right. And if and, and these people that are like, yes, I must, I shall, I will worship the branch Covidians, I'll put my mask on, I will go out in public and make sure nothing gets spread, and I will stay away from people and keep my kids out of school, and I will we will shut down the world, and there will be no consequences, and lives will be saved. And there's no evidence that any of that happened, by the way, meaning the lives being saved. All the rest of it happened. 
And weren't you amazed? The biggest thing, the biggest shock to me during the entire, you know, Covidian phase of American history and culture that's kind of being forgotten as rapidly as it happens. It's like trying to remember, you know, uh, commercials from the 70s. <laughs> and they had told two friends and so on and so on and so on. You know, where's the beef? It, it, it's almost like it's being erased. When Biden talks about the economy, he forgets the entire two years of the branch Covidians that shut down the world. And we are, there are repercussions, there are educational repercussions, there are repercussions in society, economic ones, people borrowing more than ever before, they're, they're living in debt again. It's not a good picture, it's not a good economic picture. These are not the roaring 2020s. They're just not, at least not right now, in spite of protestations to the contrary from the Biden administration. Now, having said that, Roy Cooper's kind of ducked it. He kept us under an emergency executive order that had about 220 pages of text, and he didn't finish it up until August of, of 22, by the way. He kept us under duress. He was part of the cult. He really was. Bought in, hook, line, sinker, because it was an expression. What Democrats learned through COVID was that the public will allow the complete confiscation of rights and the use of government power if they believe, and if you can convince them that the emergency is grand enough. If you can convince them, imagine, if you will, that they could convince the world that the climate situation was far more dire than your eyes and reality it is. And then they can just confiscate companies, power, consolidate power in a government, and execute any plan they wanted to. Now, I don't mean to, to make that too dire, but the point is it, it operated as a, a global, tyrannical, fascist church. It really did. It was this manifestation of power and, and a set of beliefs that if you didn't adhere to, you would be shut down. It would be the equivalent of, of, of stone to death. They would pull you out and stone you to death, or at least you know, psychically stone you to death. So what have we learned? Well, the reality of that, and, and I think there's a reason they're trying to scrub this from our existence, is because reality is starting to click. The, the educational losses, the reality of and who to blame is starting to resonate with the American public. This is from NBC News. Yes, that NBC News. NBC. So here's, here's what it has to say, and it's worth the read. It's by, uh, it's by a medical doctor that write it. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection provides, so in other words, if you've been infected, you had the disease, provides strong lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness, according to research today published in The Lancet. Now, I want you to let that sink in a little bit. In other words, if you had it, the immunity you acquired from it prevents you from getting the most severe outcomes, according to an established medical journal called The Lancet. Thank God groups like The Lancet are still printing the results of, of real research and not being shamed into only, only printing stuff like groups like Scientific American and other groups are, are printing swill now. They're, they're printing dogma. Experts say that on par with what's provided through two doses of an mRNA vaccine, without the side effects, by the way, infection-acquired immunity cut the risk of hospitalization and death from a COVID reinfection by 88% over 10 months. Quote, this is really good news. And in fact, it was really good news back then, too. Didn't get out, but it's good news now. It's really good news in the sense that protection against severe disease and death after infection is really quite sustained said the senior study author, Dr. Christopher Murray, the director of the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. The findings may be a small sliver to the explosive Omicron outbreak of last winter. With so many people infected, many most likely still benefit from that protection against severe disease. 
Still, still, experts stress that vaccination is the preferable route to immunity, given the risk of COVID, particularly in unvaccinated people. The problem saying I'm going to get infected to get immunity is you might be one of those people that end up in the hospital or die. Why would you take the risk? I don't think anyone says let's run out and get COVID. I don't think anybody is sitting there saying, oh, well, I read this story. I want to run out and get COVID. I want to expose my kids to chicken pox and COVID, so it'll all be better. That's not, that's not what anyone is saying. But the problem with the vaccine that the left doesn't, and a lot of people in media don't want to admit is, they wanted you to rush out. They don't have a vaccine that prevents infection. They don't have a vaccine that prevents spread. That's the problem. And that's not misinformation. That is absolutely verifiable. Go out and check it out. It doesn't. In theory, and, and people could argue, it's hard to argue whether it works or not. You're not you didn't see, you haven't seen the results that say it absolutely does these things. And I'm not being anti-vaccine. While protection from severe disease remained high, people could be reinfected, particularly with an Omicron subvariant, consistent with evidence that protection against having symptoms wanes faster than protection against hospitalization and death. Having COVID before the Omicron variant emerged didn't do much to stop the reinfection with a mutated version. Perfection for reinfection in that case was 74%. But overall, this is good news. The good news, and the weird thing about this is... That what you and I know since childhood, regardless of your age, unless, of course, you know, you were raised in California. But anyway, you know that your immune system, the remarkable ability of like your your childhood immune system specifically and the long term effects of your childhood immunity to do a number of things, even your as an adult, when you acquire things and you 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 defeat them, you either live or die. If you live, you've acquired more immunity to that given you know, whether it's bacterial or viral, your immune system is a remarkable machine. And it was as if during COVID, we abandoned the belief that the immune system, everybody's going to get COVID. You got to get this the vaccine. And remember how the, the narrative changed? It was going to prevent it. Then, then it's not going to prevent it, but it's going to help. And then it's, well, it's just, we want to get, you're going to get your booster. You want to get another booster. You want to get another booster. And, and I'm not preaching against the booster. Just sh- let's show the evidence that they work. Just start throwing that out there. Let people chew it up. Let people chew it up and spit it out and say, yeah, here's the evidence that they all work and it's all great. And 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 furthermore, we're talking about mRNA vaccines, which many people are anathema to. Let's take it a step further and say, why aren't you making vaccines from kind of old school way, from broken down versions of Omicron, the Delta variant, whatever, Weakened versions that your immune system can attack and crush and learn how to, to build up. I mean, again, use the immune system. Use it in a way that defeats things. I'm Chad Abbs sitting in for Pete and, and Pete Counter. I hope he's enjoying his time off, by the way. I do want to ma- I just want to mention this in, in passing. I, I, I'm not going to say it's – I don't really care. It was uh, two years ago today that Rush Limbaugh passed, probably someone who paved the way for, paved the way for as you could possibly imagine, who, who – really put a, a, an entirely new way of doing things on the radio in front of millions of us. Entertainment, uh, political commentary, you know, really changed the dynamic of talk radio and, and media and social media in many ways. And it's just hard to believe it was two years ago today he passed. So I thought I'd mention that. And, I, and it's easy for me to remember that, not because Rush was a huge influence, although I would say he probably was. In my early years of of getting out in the workforce and stuff like that. And, and, and knowing I was conservative from day one, at one point I ran the only conservative newspaper in the UNC system as a college student and managing editor for a, a conservative newspaper. You took a lot of barbs. So I was kind of used to that. <laughs> it wasn't anything new to me in the late eighties to, 
to be on that side of the aisle. Never changed, never wavered from that. But it's, it's also the day, so this is just an odd bit of information, useless trivia, is my parents passed on my, fa- my, my father passed two days after Rush Limbaugh did. So on February 19th, I lost my father, same year, which was uh, uh, 2021. And my mother passed on the exact same day last year. So February 19th, lost both parents a year apart, and Rush had died in that area. So easy dates, you know, obviously those dates will live on forever. Uh, and as long as I'm on this earth, those dates will be relevant to me. So anyway, just thought it was worth mentioning. Many of you probably, that's where your journey in talk radio really started and became riveted and, and entertained by it. And, and he would have had a blast with some of the stuff that's going on now, and, and it would have been remarkably entertaining to hear. Now, I do want to get to one. You know, I, I played earlier today. I had these sound clips for you. One was of Pete Buttigieg, you know, and, and kind of the Moonbat crazy. You know, as we're experiencing one of the worst chemical, man-made chemical disasters in the modern era, and his comment on it was, well, we have a thousand train wrecks a year. We have a thousand. And and some attempt to blame Trump for the breaks on the system. We had a caller actually pointed out really Obama kind of didn't do anything. And the Biden administration's had two years and has done nothing. So to blame it on it's this it's constant deflection from the fact that there's incompetence in, in, in transportation. There's just an incompetence there. You know, it took him forever to make comments and 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 recognize it and then to just say well you know there's a thousand train wrecks it's just one of a thousand very dismissive and i think it's it's undermining the appeal that mayor pete had even in in his own ranks i think it did not show leadership that's what's sorely missing is the profound lack of leadership clarity transparency uh, you know, kind of this rebuffing of the media. It's and it is the arrogance that the left has, which is, you know, what they're our media. I don't really, we don't need to answer. They'll cover for us. They'll cover for us. We don't need to give them a lot of clarity. I mean, some of the when Rachel Levin, you know, Assistant Secretary of Health, makes comments, you know, about. I mean, the comment that she made was 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 just bizarre. That medicine and science is being politically perverted. Kind of the embodiment of that statement, don't you think? He, she, whatever. I mean, in saying it destroys human lives, yeah. I would say that medicine science being politically diver- perverted, and we saw that during COVID. It was. Science was being completely perverted during COVID. We abandoned kind of the debate and at a time when society most needed debate, most needed to be discussing things. We stopped discussing them and just went with the kind of government can answer everything approach. Let's just shut down. And you guys that say anything, yeah, watch it. So the third one, it's just more a little fun. It's more entertaining. I don't know what her nickname would have been. Cackles is a good one. I, I don't. I wish I could take credit for Cackles, but uh, you know the, the 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 complete inability for the vice president of the United States to understand the way she comes across and her staff and team and those around. I can't. I, I'm shocked every day when Kamala Harris speaks. You know, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Kind of mentality that she has. Look at the pretty stars up in the sky. Mentality. And, and the redundancy with which she says things that there's just that I can't believe that the Democrats haven't gone up there and said, you know, we really need to fix this. <laughs> we have, we have a problem. You know, it's, you know, we have an octogenarian in the white house. People have some concerns about the key man policy that's in place for the political direction of the country. She's the second person in the key man policy. And I don't think even Democrats have a lot of confidence in her. She's the vice president because she checks a few boxes. It's the checkbox administration. So, we do have a clip. I, I want you to hear this clip from Cackles. 
and what she has to say because it's it's just worth hearing. So go ahead, let's fire up uh, clip number three with Kamala. We will maintain the perspective that we have in terms of what should be the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, that is not going to change, but surely and certainly that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. So to reiterate, that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. <laughs> it, was a, it was an unhelpful balloon, so we shot it down. It's not going to affect anything. You know, we used a missile. We brought the military out. We shot an un, uh, an unhelpful balloon <laughs> down. And it's kind of this, thank you, Captain, obvious way of saying things from the position of vice presidency. Now, I'll, I'll recall you, for those who are old enough to remember, you remember a guy by the name of Dan Quayle. Had Dan Quayle said that, remember when he would say things about potato or the, you know, or something about, hey, I go to Latin America or they speak Latin. You know, those kind of statements, and everyone ridiculed him across the board. Now, if he made a, a made a gaffe, it was worth it was worth doing so, okay? It's criticism, Republican criticism. Kamala says this thing, these kind of things on a regular basis, and the news media just is like as if it didn't happen. She is a gaffe. She you know, you could if, if you had a drinking game in which you ran one against the other, who's going to have to take a drink first? Is it a Kamala gaffe or a Biden gaffe that day? You wouldn't, you wouldn't engage that. You wouldn't last very long. Third hour, getting ready to be underway. Here the Pete Callender Show. Do stay tuned. We will be right back after this. 